The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. This podcast is presented in front of a live Astadio audience. All right, it's another episode of Midwest Swing. You can find us on Twitter at Midwest Swing Pod. We're part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. You can find Zone Coverage at Zone Coverage MN. I'm your host, Brandon Warren. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren. We got Justin Bailey. Hey, Bales, on the other side of the table. I was listening to what size show again? Uh, middle, uh, middle of somewhere. Middle of somewhere. I almost yes. said middle of nowhere, which is actually where I grew up. Sure. So it's a, it's a kind of a tough <laughs> balance for me to strike. But I was listening, and I heard them basically razz you the entire show. Yep. And yep. like that's pretty commonplace. Your laugh is like the Tom Schreier laugh of that show, <laughs> because you can hear Great. you like kind of in the offing. Because sure. your microphone's not on. It'll yeah. turn on every now and then. But those two guys are hilarious. Great show. I recommend people check it out. But I love being compared to Tom Schreier. Exactly. And yeah, never great. <laughs> I do love Sai's obsession with pe- what people are wearing. Well, and especially now. So have you speaking, seen him? I know. Speak, <laughs> speaking of being compared why. to Tom Schreier, we're going to compare Tom Schreier to a sane person. Why did you come back from Fort Myers to this frozen hellscape? I know. Tom I know. Schreier at T Schreier three Bailey is at I am Justin Bailey. In case I didn't say it on Twitter, give him a follow, give Tom a follow, give me a follow, follow everybody. But yeah. So <laughs> we see pictures of Tom on the beach. Yeah. It's not, and flattering. he's got this big, Bailey, have you seen this picture? So here's the deal. I don't I have not seen these. Pictures. I uh, Bailey would not be happy about it. Since you are directly responsible for me getting paid. I tried to not razz you as much as, yeah, as yeah. I used to. But when somebody sends me this picture, and I'm trying to remember, I I don't I think it might have been oh, it's Grant Spears who's on Twitter, just a guy I talk to all the time. He sends me this picture, no context, and I'm like, whoa, I gotta I gotta tweet that. So I tweeted it with no words, and then my tweet after it was, this is definite, quote unquote, it's 50 degrees warmer here than at home energy. <laughs> and Bailey just found it, Tom. I don't know if you. Yeah, there's Bailey, just two Bailey, versions going around. It's not. It's not. Well, see, that is not. To be fair, that's not. The, Bailey's looking at a zoomed-in picture of me. That was an I outtake. Am, I am part of. I mean, it should have maybe taken out of the picture, but I. Uh, it was. It was part like of Back to the Future. You just dissolve. Yeah, I mean, it's whoever's there from the Twin Speak goes out. It's near Sanibel. People who. Yeah, the Mucky for- Duck, which I believe is. I believe it makes Lavelle's yearly recommendation list. Yeah, it's 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 really good food. It's a kind of casual, casual laid back, uh, you know, beach bum kind of vibe. But um, but yeah, it's right right on the water. And uh, for people who are familiar with Fort Myers um, or that area of Florida um, and know Sanibel, it's kind of on the way. It's in the middle of that that island there. But um, but yeah, it's nice. You know, with the with the cold here, uh, we know how cold it gets in February to to kind of get out there. And it's a you know, it's it was kind of a laid back atmosphere. Given you know, you went through the position battles. There's not a ton up for grabs. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I talked to Lamont Wade a little bit, who's a guy competing with Jake Cave and a couple other guys for for an outfield spot. You know, Williams Asadio, the legend La Tortuga. Yeah. Um, you know, I not certain to be on the roster this year. And, and to be fair, like a Donaldson was going full bore. I mean, he was, you can tell why he's a good defensive was his, player. Was his impact tangible? I Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, it's so to be fair, I read the reporting going into it. You he's know, got was, like an aura though. Like, yeah, you know, there's certain people in your life that when they come in the room, I think Cy is another one where you're just, you're very aware that Cy Amundsen is in the room. 
I feel like Josh Donaldson is yeah. a similar kind of guy. Yeah, I think he's, uh, you know, I read the reporting coming in. I know a lot of those guys had, had emphasized the fact that he was working with the young players. You could yep. see him in the batting cage. I mean, he's... Yeah, lots um, of pictures surfaced from that. Yeah, I think he, he. I mean, and no surprise, still got it, right? I mean, he was hitting the the batter's eye, I think, like four times, mm-hmm. in a, you know, mm-hmm. out on the, they have multiple fields. It, it honestly looks, the facility looks like if you took the, the Saints Stadium, put it in Florida, and then took like two really nice high school stadiums, obviously with the the depth that you have in the major leagues. Um, you know, you've seen it with Tom Kelly Field and Rick Stillman. Did you go field. back there? Uh, a little bit. I went back to the cages a little bit. I saw kind of, I, I tried to see everything while I was there. I mean, that even the high school that I think Max Kepler went to and a couple of the other players. I think it's like an academy, but it's a, it's not like the Dominican one, but it's like a, yeah, a, a yeah. domestic, there's dorms and that sort of yeah. thing and all that. That's across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so it's a compound. There's even like a football field or something that kind of looks like a football field there that they run sprints and do various exercises on. So I, you know, they, they, um, a lot was made last year of they keep these guys moving. It, it's funny. It's it's a laid back atmosphere. There's no games. They're not. I mean, I guess they'd be concerned if they lose to the the Gophers. We're recording before the <laughs> yeah. game, but um, you know, and and I'm sure there's some sort of kind of friendly rivalry because they go to uh, it's not Bradenton Jupiter for the Pirates and uh, Bradenton's the Pirates. Is it Bradenton? Yep. Okay, yep. so yeah, they go. I only know because I rode with Doe and Betsy there last year and slept, yeah, that's slept right. the whole way and I think talked in my sleep, so. And they're, and they're <laughs> it's pretty bad. Nice. Uh, and there's uh, the Orioles, I think, are out there. But anyways, they're going to go up to Bradenton and that's where um, Shelton is. So, uh-huh. Derek Shelton. So, uh, who I always call Blake because my mind is not great. I call him so, Chris. So, uh, <laughs> a former Tigers first baseman. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, Derek Sheldon's there managing the Pirates. So I'm sure there's a friendly rivalry, but these guys aren't wearing it like they would on a three game losing streak in yeah, the regular yeah. season. Having said that, they're taking pictures. They're going through all these different kind of media um, responsibilities. Yeah, responsibilities. And they had their dogs there the last day I was there. So those were the dogs of the players? Yeah, so like uh, Marwin had one. I know uh, well, Marwin, Donaldson did. So Betsy's obsessed with Marwin's dog, by the way. Well, she's obsessed with all dogs. It's a Betsy yeah. Hell fan, St. Paul Pioneer yeah. Press. But so like the one that Donaldson held, like that was his dog. Somebody didn't just bring a kennel full of dogs and just let no, it go. I, be- I believe that was his. <laughs> Can you imagine? Just release the hounds. The Polish well, just na- released the it hounds. It was National Pet Day, I think, yesterday, Thursday. Is that right? So you must have got in super late, like, 12 hours ago. Yeah, no, I mean, it, the 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 travel, I was with a lot of Minnesotans because you could actually, you could see the Gopher team got off the plane. I'd flew a Sun Country out of the airport in Fort Myers. Yeah. You could see the Gopher baseball team get off as we were about to to board. Um, and it, I mean, I got in at about midnight I'm, and then we sat on the tarmac for about 20 minutes. So I'm exhausted, but it's well worth it. I think for people to go out there, see the facility, see kind of this, you get to see the prospects. I mean, this is the first time I met Royce Lewis. You mm-hmm. saw Kli- Kirilov, you saw Jeffers, you saw Blanco, wh- whoever it is. And, and I think um, it, it is a little overwhelming that there's like 62 people there. I think Fernando Romero still not there as we're recording, I think because of a visa issue, which a player who needs to be there, a player who, right. yeah. uh, you know, fighting for a bullpen job, I think still a stuff. We talked about that, but um, it's just, it's, it's a, it's nice to be in that weather and, and get out to Florida at this time where it's not too muggy there and it's really cold here or whatever. But more than anything, you know, I think I try to touch on this and it's tough to write about cause it's more, it's more like a sentiment that this is an aggressive organization. Now they went and got Donaldson. They're probably going to, 
they should, assuming they have success this year, spend in the next off season traded for Maeda, um, which, you know, he brings a whole bunch of media attention. He, you know, we talked about how he's a big name pitcher, um, should be an impact pitching for them. Um, you know, they, they're being aggressive. They, they're, they're probably going to call up some of these pitchers and put them in the bullpen like they were going to do with Gratterall. So, um, they're balancing that with Rocco wanting to keep it calm. You know, they, the, a couple of players I talked to said you can't get in the facility until 7 30 AM. A lot of stuff, you know, takes place in the morning there and then they kind of go fishing or mm-hmm. golfing or whatever, um, in the afternoon. But, um, he's like, I want you to sleep. I don't want this contest of like who's showing up at five 30, you know what I mean? And then you're, you're not focused no point, throughout man. all that. Yeah. And, and, and this is something he'll carry into the season. So, um, you know, that's something they'll balance all year that they're going to have expectation. This is not going to be a surprising team. People expect them. You said 97 yep. wins. You can go through the argument you made on the website. Um, but, uh, you know, the expectation is they win the central. The expectation is that they try to kind of win while Cleveland, we assume is on the descent or at least is very close to probably being sellers. If they don't yeah. really yeah. come out of the gates hard, certainly that ownership probably is not going to spend a lot of money on that team. And then Chicago's the complete opposite big market team. They're going to use, you know, the fact that they can get free agents to Chicago, that they have money to spend and are willing to spend it and that they have prospects. I think this is most important that are coming up and, and ready to go. So I don't know if they'll compete with the twins this year, but certainly they can't sleep on the Chicago white Sox. So, um, you know, they're going to have this sense of urgency. And yet when you're around there, it was, you know, between, I remember, uh, Tori Hunter, I asked him how he's doing. I said, he said, I'm maintaining. And I'm like, like in the weight room, like what, what? And uh, he goes, no, I just try to keep an equilibrium. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. not, not too high, not too low. And I think that's something he's preaching to young players. You see him talking to Royce Lewis, talking to Kirilov, talking to, you know, current members of the team, probably preaching that like, Hey, you know, the, start now, start now by, by not, you know, getting too worried about any result. Cause we know it's a long season and there's only so much you can do about the Yankees. For example, they'll only play them in two series. Mm-hmm. We don't even know if they'll play them in the playoffs in the first round, but that'll loom over them. It's, you know, can't, you know, can't get behind the try to dominate the central right from the beginning. And, and, um, you know, with all this in mind, it, it was just kind of, they were busy, but it's a laid back atmosphere. You know, it's very happy. Even go down to the young players like Lewis there, you know, these are, mm-hmm upbeat positive people it sounds a lot like work smarter not harder in that there's already going to be enough bustle and hustle and bustle that you don't need to start your day at five o'clock because at 10 o'clock you're still going to be grinding and so why not start at 8 8 39 like everybody else and you mentioned some of the teams too cleveland and new york cleveland dealing with not only a mike clevenger injury but news coming out on thursday that carlos carrasco is dealing with a leg he was on crutches and excuse me the the big thing with him is, I mean, he's just been through so much in the last year with leukemia, and so now it's it's just it's really really disappointing to see him continue to be held down physically. Yeah. But also the yeah. Yankees. I don't know if you saw Luis Severino still battling with forearm issues. Yeah, yeah. He pitched, I believe, he maybe started Game Three at Target Field. I'm trying to remember. I I mean, I think he went. I think he started Game Three and went maybe like four innings, if I'm remembering correctly. And then they kind of pieced it together with their bullpen. But that's kind of the thing where everyone was talking about, at least before Donaldson and especially before the Maeda trade, you know, the Twins can't keep up with the Yankees. They signed Garrett Cole and all these players and pitchers they have. But pitcher health and how much pitching depth you have, you know, if you asked Rocco Baldelli, Wes Johnson, Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, do you have enough pitching? They'll say never. 
You know, the, you never no, have it, enough it, pitching. And so I think this is this has been proven now. And again, maybe it'll happen to the Twins too. Maybe someone will mess up their elbow or shoulder or whatever. But that, you know, when you look at that point in the offseason where the Twins fans were still convinced the team couldn't keep up because they didn't have that ace like Garrett Cole. They didn't have that depth like Houston has. They didn't have, you know, maybe any any other pitching situation that Twins fans wanted to compare the team to. You know, they've put themselves in a spot where their pitching assets is are kind of balanced. You know, it it, it could very easily be a next man up if one of their main guys, or maybe maybe let's say Rich Hill never pitches for the Twins. Is his he, he he never gets healthy. They're in a position where they should still be okay. I don't think that's as true for top-heavy teams, you know, if if one of the Astros' big guys goes down or something like that. So uh, I guess we're... We, we, uh, should, we should acknowledge We're broadcasting that. live from a construction site today, by the way, just so you know. Yeah, we should, we should point out the people next door to us are, are uh, yeah, chopping, chopping this up. It's so. actually a zoo. I think it's elephants you hear up there um, stomping and, and tromping and all I, that. We but. should point out, so, so Severino did go four innings in, the, in that third game. Hey, and I did. I, 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 was, I was there. So were you. Can I, I point out how... Yeah absolutely devastatingly long this offseason has been because I completely forgot Garrett Cole signed that contract yeah, with the Yankees. It, it seems like it, that was like two years ago. This yeah. has been the longest and I'm, not because of nothing. Like last offseason, nothing was happening, so it felt like it dragged on. Yeah. Now too much is happening. I, com- I, I So you went somewhere forgot. in the middle? I, I completely forgot that that contract well, yeah, the Ast- I mean, the Astros thing leads Sports Center all the time. We'll get to Bailey's beefs in a little bit. I know you texted, <laughs> Ooh, texted to us. I like that. <laughs> that idea as a weekly feature. Do you think you could come up with something that ticks you off every week? I think you probably could. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I could do that. I could hang start on, a podcast. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, I think we just stumbled upon a goldmine of an actual show. You just you just rant. <laughs> sure. Just rant. Uh, what not it? Uh, what grinds my gears? Peter Griffin on Family sure. Guy. You could, you could totally reprise that. So. Yeah, I... So I think, and I think the proof isn't in who they signed, right? I mean, yeah, they, yeah. they didn't just hand it over to Romero. They they have options in the bullpen. They, you know, they didn't just hand it over. I look, I I think Lewis Thorpe could be a, a starter for them, or or Duran, or one. You know, you see Duran in that next year's locker, and you're like, that is, he's a massive dude. You can see why he throws so it's, hard. It's amazing how big and sturdy these guys are. I was writing about Homer Bailey for something that'll go on the site on Monday. Again, Justin Bailey's cousin, and. Jack, just like Justin Bailey. Yeah, exactly. He's 6'4", though. Like, I never realized he was 6'4". Yeah, did you big. get? Did you see him up close? Uh, I saw him a little bit. He was one of those guys, especially because he's new in and out. But you know? pretty but, pretty good-sized guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it you know, and, and what, what we've kind of unveiled, um, Jeremy Machino, who's probably going to do a little bit of statistical analysis stuff for us as far as pitching, kind of unveiled what Bailey did differently as the season went on. But to me, the what stood out, though, was just like, holy smokes. You know, he's a, he's a big dude. But, yeah, they, they balanced out there. You know, they went for the quantity over quality approach. And granted, I'd still say Rich Hill's quality. I'd say Kenta Maeda's quality. They didn't shop the, the bargain bin like fans might want to accuse them of in previous years, and, they, and they'd be technically right. I think I think their approach was disciplined. I think it was good. Yeah. So I and and so I think this is why they can go into camp and and have you know create this atmosphere where it's not too uptight. They kind of have their guys. Not not to say that. Yeah. You know you can go through the positions battles here on your on the site. The other thing is a lot was made of the new coaches, and you still see Tommy Watkins. You still still see West Johnson. Obviously Rocco's still there, but 
they did get raided in the offseason. I know we've talked about this. I think an interesting thing Rocco said while I was out there was that he was asked about a hitting philosophy. And, and you know, they have – there's guys from uh, – so it was Richard Justice from MLB.com. There's a guy from USA Today. I'm assuming ESPN will be through. A lot of them are still focused on the Bombas, the home runs. That You know, that's the national story when it comes to the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Twins are relevant enough now that they're getting national media. But, you know, he's asking about a hitting philosophy, and, he, you know, he doesn't really have one. He was saying it's it's not like they have this uniform thing that they found some magic formula to turn their hitters into home run hitters, juice ball and all that. <gasps> I, it's more they they want their coaches to be individualized. I think they really want those mm-hmm. guys focused almost as though they're, it's a personal coach just for multiple players. I think this is why they split. Uh, it was the – pitching duties right or, or no hitting duties it was rudy hernandez and edgar varela yeah so they 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 and they did it with pitching last year i mean yeah. jeremy hefner was an assistant pitching coach yeah and now bob mcclure who, he's an older guy and this is the other thing too is that he's not afraid to i think it's bill evers he has older guy yep mcclure was a pitching coach with phillies and i think all Kansas over City. red Sox. Uh, yeah but he he's a pitching coach legend i mean he's maybe not he's not Mel Stottlemyre, I don't know if you remember him, but that's Todd yeah, Stottlemyre's yeah. dad. He's not Don Cooper, you know, the guy that yeah, was with the Don White Sox Cooper's forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Maddox. There's, there's been a few, and I'm sure I'm missing some. The guy that was with Pittsburgh for a long time that rebooted, yeah, yeah, yeah. Francisco Liriano. Yeah. He's not one of those guys. He's been a bit of a journeyman, but he is, he's one of those just this old baseball, like I don't mean old in terms of derisiveness, but... You just, ah, that's an old baseball man. You know, if you saw Tommy Lasorda in the 80s, you'd be like, ah, that's an old baseball man. Sparky Anderson, you know, that kind of guy. They hang around the game forever because they have something to offer, and that's why I think it was a good pickup. Yeah, but they, and exactly, but he is considered a bullpen coach, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, they're they're looking for, it's not necessarily a certain profile of person. It's not someone who kind of sticks to a twin's way, which, you know, kind of got, it was a positive thing. But but he can can help if they need help pitching coach-wise, just like Tommy Watkins, who's the outfield coach, can help on the infield. He played infield, you know? So, like, having guys who can do a little bit of everything. I mean, their bullpen coach last year is now the pitching coach. For the, the Mets. I mean, having yeah, guys who can yeah. fill multiple roles, I think, is a, is a really good thing to do, too. Yeah, So my and my point in that article was that um, it's actually a good thing to have churn. It, it mm-hmm. shows that those players, those guys are valuable. Now, Hefner had a connect. I think he pitched for the Mets. So yeah, you know, yeah. They, they, he had a connection there. But uh, uh, Shelton, I think Pittsburgh went out, and that was one of the you know his top targets, or their top targets. Yeah. I think, A, that's positive that, look, someone else wants these coaches – it's not just the twins who value them, but also I think new perspective is a positive thing. Well, they, they show that they can identify guys to bring in and then have them leave. Why, why would yeah. you then not believe they that can they can identify again. the next one? Yeah. And it always seems to be from the college ranks. You yeah. Know, Cause they have a guy from Santa Barbara who's there. Who's like a long time. The ginger college. beard, right? I, yeah, I'm trying I to think not of his name. see him, but I know, I've I know they had Tucker Frawley who came from something different, not, not major league baseball. And the the guy who has the beard, uh, yeah, UCSB, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think you know they. So they're. It's not just they're not just looking for older coaches who were in the MLB. They're not looking for someone who's you know the first shot. It's 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 a combination. I think. Um, I hope this continues. You hope they hold on to Wes Johnson. You hope they hold on to the the coaches that they really value in the highest positions. But because Wes is there, Hefner's not going to become the pitching coach. I think it's Donegal Fergus. 
Yeah, that I sounds right. So, um, yeah, I just thought, you know, they they run this efficient camp. You see them work. It's not just Donaldson talking to young players. It's it's all these coaches, mm-hmm. you know, one-on-one. And, and I think they've integrated the Torrey Hunters, the Kadir was there, the, you know. Was Hawkins there? Or uh, he- LaTroy Hawkins was definitely present. He was definitely around a lot. Another um, guy that when he's in the room, you definitely know it. Yeah. And each of those guys have that aura. I would say Kadir's is the least obvious, but he carries a lot of weight because of – the amount of time he was in the organization. Yeah. But with Tori, you've got kind of like this outspoken, big brash, personality. big personality. Yeah. With Kadir, you've got almost like a Joe Maurer yeah. lead, leader. Yeah. And then Hawkins to me is a little of both. Yeah, like he's it, a broadcaster. You I know, think Hawkins yeah. can get can can get it up in your face when you need you need it. But I mean, the guy didn't play 20 whatever years in the big leagues or 18, 19, 20, whatever, because he he wasn't a good leader and a good clubhouse guy. Although he certainly had, um, what was it, Tommy Canely he wasn't too fond of. But, but I mean, he, he was around the game because he can do a little Tommy bit of everything. Canely. Yeah, so, I mean, I think each of those three. And then Morneau has, I think, a role in yeah, terms he was of not, when I did he's not like, see him there. But, but also another one of those silent types of leaders. They have a lot of different types of guys in those roles. And I also, also think, too, having Donaldson, having Sergio Romo, having Rich Hill, having each of those guys, Nelson Cruz, that's almost like having a quasi- player coach at a lot of different levels. I mean, Cruz played outfield forever, so he, he's got a lot of knowledge to impart, even if he doesn't certainly have a, a an outfielder's glove in his baseball bag that he brings yeah, to the field every yeah. day. Cruz got, I, people probably saw this guy hit, I think it was Stashek. Yeah, it was Cody Stashek. Yeah, and it was weirdly where he ruptured that tendon. So <laughs> it's possible, actually, like, it was better because of that. It's just one less thing to injure, but he, he seemed fine. I know that was kind of a shock that stuff ripples through twitter or whatever yeah um it's like it's like the tornado that hit my bedroom and did uh improvements to the, <laughs> the state of my my bedroom that's like well, crews getting uh hit and it actually gets yeah. better no i mean so dr cody stashek he see he seemed fine um you do see some it's kind of fun to see competition right you have pitcher and hitter from the same team yeah seeing you know if you get some bass or something but um yeah i uh in general like it, it it's interesting seeing they have talked about the World Series, right? They mm-hmm. this is a team that wants to be a contender. It's interesting to see the Twins go into this because even in the good Guardy years, it was more like this is a good team, but we don't really know like where they'll end up, and we know that it it wasn't you know their mo- most most success actually come in the came in the first year. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, two thousand six notwithstanding, I always see that as a really good season that just the playoffs didn't kind of pan out for them, but. Um, yeah, this is this is a it's a team that's all in and somehow has, has maintained that. So I don't know. I you know I was going to go over some other kind of just funny things you see there. Uh, one of them is we know Trevor May. He's actually been on our video game podcast years ago. Of course, our boy George Ash leaves for California or something like that. But uh, um, <laughs> dearly departed. But, uh, but uh, he he said it, so. He you know people who follow him on Twitch or know anything about him even follow him on Twitter. Uh, but no, he's a Fortnite guy, and he's playing a Russian version of Fortnite, which is concerning. Uh, I assume he's, you know, like I gotta ask, is it a hack? Well, so oh, I'm sorry. Yikes. Uh, Bailey's just <laughs> he's just leaving the room. He's I did done. think of Bailey when talking about it though, because I thought he called it Escape with Kharkov, which I assumed was a game about Bailey and his youth, like <laughs> st- stealing my liquor stuff. It's just Bailey every Friday and Saturday <laughs> night from like 
ninth grade on. Yeah, it's like him just running out of Certix and trying to escape <laughs> Minneapolis. They don't have Certix in Wisconsin, yeah, do they? That's, that's right. You have uh, what? What's the? Oh, they do. Yeah. I was to say. I was wondering what the chain is over there. Yeah, Liquor Boy or something. <laughs> Actually, that's probably your nickname. <laughs> Hey, Bale's Liquor Boy. Um, it's Escape from Tarkov. I just thought it was so funny that he he's like, yeah, if you dump 50 hours into it, you'll get good at it. And I was like, I would I would hope so. But uh, Like most things. Yeah. Caleb Theobar was there. I think that's yeah. an interesting uh, – you wrote about this, obviously, previewing kind of who, who's in camp. But um, a guy who, who kind of made that jump, if you will, from the Saints. He was released by the Brewers or the Brewers organization. I blame Bailey on that one, too. Yeah, Bailey took him out. Uh, and then... Uh, Did you know he got traded last year on, like, August 31st? No. So, and I wrote in the article, he got traded from... Um, who was he with? I think... he. Well, he was traded to the Braves so that he could be eligible for the postseason rotation. So my gut feeling is, like, as an, a break glass in case of emergency lefty for the playoffs. Yeah. But... He played one game for I think it's the Gwinnett Stripers now. Hmm. They they used to be I think the Gwinnett Braves and then they changed it. But anyway, so they had to have him in the organization for him to be postseason eligible. So he got traded like at the very very end of the season. Got into one game, excuse me, <clears throat> and now he's you know trying to give it another go with the Twins. Yeah, I mean he he kind of insisted on the the same things where like he, the best of his career. We know that he had success I think because of kind of funk if you want to call it that a little bit deception, deception. Yep. yeah um and uh yeah, he certainly didn't throw super hard no and i mean to be fair he was up for parts of three seasons i believe so um you know i i don't think he makes the team out of camp having said that a it's a great story if he does b if he doesn't and ends up in another organization it's cool that he came here not because it's the local team so much it, it, maybe familiarity with the organization is big but also that was a different organization. He mm-hmm. loves this one. He loves that you got Wes Johnson here. Uh, and the reputation, though, among players available is go to Minnesota. Yeah, because if he ends up somewhere else, he benefits from being in camp with Wes Johnson, going through all this. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe there is a, a Royals offer there where he could be in the big leagues maybe on opening day rather than— 33 years old, yeah. Maybe, maybe he develops, and who knows, maybe he comes up on June 1st and spends the rest of the year in the bullpen. I mean— I think it's easy to forget last year that a year ago today, Tyler Duffy wasn't, yeah, you know, he was, he was seen as like a, out, not yeah. really a big bullpen option. And Cody Stashek wasn't in the plans right away. Zach Littell was a starter probably. <laughs> Zach Littell barely even pitched until the second half in the big leagues mm-hmm. and then just kind of took off. You know, these are guys who are either guaranteed to be in the bullpen or Stashek is in that mixed for that last position now that Romero's not in camp and Gratterall was traded. So when you think about where you are on this day, it might mean a ton as to where you'll be when the season ends, or it might not mean anything at all. I mean, yeah. right now we're thinking Matt Whistler is going to be the last guy in that bullpen because he's out of options. Yep. For all we know, he could be their eighth inning guy in five months, or he could be pitching in a completely different organization in the minors and whatever. And that's I think that's the beauty of baseball too is that – where you are right now isn't guaranteed both for good and for bad, and so you just got to kind of keep your nose to the grindstone. There's no, you know, kind of resting on your laurels short of, you know, Joe Maurer or Josh Donaldson kind of contract, and those guys didn't get those contracts by being anything other than hard workers. So I don't know. Brief diatribe aside, that's just kind of why I like baseball is that things are are so subject to change 
and it gives us a lot to write about. Yeah, and, and we didn't know with Rodgers, for example, if he was still yeah, he, I mean, he loogie, became a stud. He would, yeah, he, with the new rules, he wouldn't have a job. So, yeah, I interesting to just see kind of a familiar face there in the camp, and I think it was just fun to hear like players see this as, as yeah. a destination, if you will. So, yeah, and, and then it's also seeing the younger players, Royce Lewis, you mentioned he. You know, he's bulked up. He's still yeah. lean muscle. Well, right? and and I didn't get a good look at him because he was in like a big coat yeah. at Twins Fest. Yeah. I mean, he was in the clubhouse a little bit, but we're kind of in the hallway. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know if, have you ever been in the visitor's clubhouse? I have. So it's it's yeah. it's shaped differently. When you go into the Twins Clubhouse, you almost go like a Z, and then you can be in there. You walk past Rocco's yeah. office, yeah. the equipment manager's office, and then you walk, turn right into the, uh, yeah. into the clubhouse. Yeah. When you go in the visitor's, it's just straight and then a left. And you just, you're like, you can't miss it. And we just didn't spend that much time in there. We actually spent it in the hallway waiting for guys to come out. So those guys are walking around in their jerseys. Maybe it'd be a little more obvious that Lewis was, you know, cut up or jacked compared to last year. But I saw him coming and going in his jacket, you know, with his girlfriend. Like, there's no way of knowing he put on 25 pounds. But then you see him down in Fort Myers, the pictures, and like the biceps are, the biceps are bulging. And yeah, I mean, he obviously put in the work. There's, there's no doubt about that. And... He's got a lot to prove. I mean, he's the number one prospect in the organization as a consensus. He's a top – I mean, he was a top 10 last year. I think he's probably closer to 2025 globally now because of the swing changes he was making. Obviously, the Arizona Fall League was a step in the right direction, but people have cautioned me not to take that 18-20, whatever game it was, sample too seriously. But he has a lot to prove, and I don't think there's any denying that he's taken that very seriously this offseason in terms of his body type. Now it's going to be how how are those swing changes going? Because he's probably as fast as I would say three or five months away from debuting in the big leagues. If let's just say he comes out and absolutely annihilates, I almost said Chattanooga, Pensacola, yeah, and they bring him up to Rochester or maybe just he's he's one of those guys that could skip AAA. Your mm-hmm. Sanos, Buxtons, Knobloks, Mowers, whatever, yeah, he could skip. But because there's so many moving parts in his swing, I think they'd probably have him go up a little while. But I don't think it's unreasonable that by midseason, he could, in theory, be up here. Now you look and you see Donaldson at third, you see Arise at second, you see Polanco at short, and you're like, where would he play? That'll all figure itself out. We would have never thought Arise would have overtaken Scope a year ago today, like like we've talked about. But I just think it shows, too, that he, he took the work very ba- seriously. Ba- oh. Bailey, Bailey knew that. <laughs> Bailey was never a Scope man. You're not going to buy a Detroit Tigers Scope jersey? I will not be. You take not it so far, you don't even buy scope mouthwash. You're just anti scope. Nope. Yep, yep. Wow, <laughs> that's a commitment to the bit, man. Yes, Wisconsin. Wisconsin man commits to the bit. Yeah, so I, you know, you're encouraged to see the the work ethic. I don't, I don't think that's ever been in question. But also, you notice he he is he is very outgoing. He is someone who won't happen right away. But assuming that he can have the major league success, shouldn't take that for granted. But assuming he can. Um, you can see him being the the voice of the team. It's just funny to see him in an environment with major league players, right? I mean, it, you know, if, if anyone was able to catch him coming through the minor leagues or whatever, even just kind of seeing clips on, on Twitter or whatever, mm-hmm. you don't you don't see this. It, you know, it's one thing to be like that among your peers. It's another thing to, to be like that when Josh Donaldson isn't that far away from you in the room or, you know, any of the other star twins players it, yeah you know, he still has the same personality so i don't know it's just inter- it's funny to see 62 baseball players together part of the future 
part of the present, uh, even part of the past with the, the guys come through. So, uh, you know, rock crew is there, Tony Oliva. I mean, you know, you go that far back. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to think, even though these games don't matter, baseball will be played here soon. And, and we're not very far away from what should be. I mean, I think it's March 26th, mm-hmm. um, which I'll be out there in Oakland. Um, you know, it, that is not that far away. And it, you know, you look outside, you're like, really? But mm-hmm. um, it doesn't, it feels further than it really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's five days. One month plus five days. I mean, that's so 30. It's leap day, carry the one. Anyway, yeah. it's about 35 days away. So that's, yeah. it's kind of crazy to think about that. What, what was the Kenta Maeda crowd like? And do you think that's going to enhance or happen in uh, build? Like, you think there'll be a big media yeah. Yeah. throng around Maeda full time in Minneapolis? Yeah. So he, he has, a, I know he has a translator and then there were, he has dedicated media. I think I only saw two or three other people. To be fair, they're sending media, whatever these outlets are, yeah, uh, yeah, to Fort Myers. I mean, it's not just starting when he. Well, it's not like Seattle where they have the specific media outlets, but like yeah. when Ichiro first came in two thousand one, there was more novelty to that. And I don't mean novelty in that like he didn't deserve it; it was just uh, you know a foreign player. But Ichiro was such a star over there too that it it, it it's a different conversation. And again, that's twenty seasons ago, so it's going to be different. We should point out he is—he's going to throw out the first pitch. I think at the Mariners' first game. I don't know if that's or Mariners. I should say home opener. I don't know if that's their first game, but yeah, um, you got to imagine that's going to be emotional. Given that, I mean, he's a guy that doesn't want to give it up, and Mm -hmm. he's—he's obviously in his forties. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think he—it is interesting when you see a player like Maeda, where there's player-specific media there. We tend to think of. <laughs> like Brian, like Brian Windhorst and uh, LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it, yeah. It's just it's we're used to seeing like here's the Minnesota contingent, and then but there's no Joe Mauer beat reporter. Yeah, I mean, it, it would that'd be the something. most boring job of all time. <laughs> wow. But uh, but the uh, uh, yeah, for to have a player like that who who uh, this will put the Twins on the map in Japan, right? I mean, because there's people that are just focused on him individually. Um, I, yeah, I think it's. I mean, again, it's interesting how they've tried to construct this this rotation. I, I like that they're leaving the door open for it to be filled internally. I think that's still the best option if you can do that. Mm-hmm. But Bailey, you know, not Justin, but okay. uh, Homer Bailey, uh, Kenta Maeda, you know, uh, handful of other guys that they're seeing. You know, what do they have left? What it, what they can what they can offer as a, a guy from outside the organization. We're Big Mike and Rich Hill around much? I mean, is Big, Big, Hill, Mike, yeah. Big Mike's allowed to be, isn't he? Yeah, so he's not allowed to play in any games that you pay it, someone pays to watch, I guess, so he can't play. That's what he's to pay attention game. to. It's like, I can turn around backwards if he wants to throw a few fastballs. Yeah, no, he, uh, <laughs> sounds like he's pegging you. Uh, but like, if like, I with, die, the, hey, with the hey, fastballs, Bailey. Hey, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> Sacrificial lamb. Bailey. Bailey Bailey's not not thrilled with anything that just happened there. Um, ah, well. But the uh, no, it, it, yeah. So he, I saw him in the locker room. He cannot uh, he cannot pitch in the spring training games, which is interesting. I mean, that is the purpose. Of that is not to win the games necessarily. It's to Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards would not like spring training. No, no. You but play it's, to. No. It's to get better, and it, it's funny. Like he was actually he was actually at Giants camp yesterday or the day before. Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards was speaking to Gabe Kapler's team, 
And I guess a player asked, like, so why do you play the game exactly? And, like, they tried to get him going. So it's funny, like, how that's all related, but I'm not sure why Gabe Kapler, there's an Arizona State connection there. I don't remember if Gabe Kapler went to college or not. But I don't know. It's, uh, anyway, and sorry, you're not, not playing... Which- you're not playing spring training to win games. You're playing for development. You're playing for get working out kinks, getting rust out of your system, that sort of thing. Not not to win, but yeah, to to not have Pineda. I mean, he's he's gonna have to probably stay behind at extended. I think it, yeah, it's extended spring training, and then it's instructs at the end of the instructs at the end of the year. Um, and he'll go on a rehab, so he can probably actually rehab for a month. So he'll get ramped up, but it so it's not gonna be. It's not going to be an exact replica of like Lance Lynn 2018, but it's possible he's going to need a little time to get going. He's going to face the Royals the first time out. That might not be a bad way to, yeah, yeah, but you know, cushion landing, but we'll see. Yeah. And then Rich Hill was very present. I mean, he, he seemed, I think he's more optimistic on his timeline than anybody. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know. I think he, he also knows he, had, there's a bit of the Donaldson thing where, um, obviously Donaldson's at a different point of his career, but like he can influence the young players. Like people yeah. should look up to a player like Rich Hill is still around. Well, and think age. about the fact that he was a big time prospect. Yeah. Didn't pitch in the big leagues very much for like 10 years. Like, you know, he had, he had time with the Cubs where it was like, it was substantive time, but he, he wasn't who he was expected to be. Not completely unlike, I don't know if you remember Andrew Miller. I think he's still pitching for the Cardinals. Yeah. You know, big bearded guy that was, just nasty for uh, for Cleveland. Yeah, in yeah. their in their bullpen with Cody Allen and and uh, yeah, they kind of used him for like multiple innings. But so like Hill Hill kind of was resurrected out of almost nowhere, and that kind of adversity, you know, it's not unlike Miguel Sano leaning on Nelson Cruz, who developed super late and needed a lot of opportunities, and and certainly Sano had those opportunities, but he's learning from mistakes he's made, and I think to have Hill be that potential and even Homer Bailey who I mean his ERA was like six over the previous four seasons before last year these guys have adversity Rocco obviously a career full of adversity I think there's a lot that can be learned from those kinds of guys and I think Hill is especially versed in that so I think your point is well taken yeah I don't know it was a it was a fun fun experience interesting to see all these kind of all these mechanics at play, like I said, 60-some players, and they all kind of – I think the older guys especially know you, you got to have a niche, right? I mean, you got mm-hmm. to have something you're doing every day. So Got to build that brand. Yeah. yeah. So uh, do we uh, do we have anything else other than Bailey's Beefs? I wanted to ask if there's a different – did you feel – Oh, I should talk – the Lamont Wade thing. Did well, we one more thing, though. Did, did you sense a different energy around this team? And granted, you weren't there in spring last year, but I was. Yeah. But you were around the team during the regular season. Yep. Is there a difference in energy going from the underdog to? I mean, <laughs> is it called an overdog? I don't think so. I don't. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think, think we call so. that the overdog. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I doesn't I, work for I, me, dog. <laughs> Randy Jackson. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't think Rock. I don't let that happen. Yeah, I didn't feel anything like that. What? What you? It's just the baseline knowledge that a lot of those guys that are there are there to win. Rich Hill is there to win. Kenta Maeda is there to you know. And yeah. not to say that the young players aren't, but it's different when you're in the prime of your career or past it, where where you there's really a sense of urgency. And, and certainly when ownership spends on a guy like Donaldson, you also notice that too. So, um, 
Yeah, it, you just don't you don't feel it. And I think it means the coaching staff is doing a good job. They got to be focused on what they're doing that day. And right now, it's funny stuff like you got to take pictures because you know you need the stock photos when <laughs> for when a player comes up because and, the man says so. Uh, and, and you got to do media because I think you know they they're each getting their stories out and and. Um, each have kind of a different look at why they're there and what they think of the team or whatever, and, and you they go through all these these different things. But uh, there's an eye test; you have to take an eye test, right? I mean, obviously you need 2020 vision, I guess, to hit a baseball. I'm glad I didn't have to take that before uh, getting this job. Uh, but uh, I never passed the eye test. But the yeah, I think I think it was um, they keep them busy. There's there's purpose, and I, I think yeah, that yeah. keeps them focused on the day. So how about let's do Bailey's beefs and bounce. Bailey, you had a beef, I think, in our Bailey, text chain. Bailey is burning. Was. I've got a lot of beefs. I got a lot. Of, and I have a new beef from today Uh-oh. Um, that Brandon and I briefly talked about before we started recording. Uh, First of all, you you mentioned Brett Anderson. I don't know if you're going to bring that up. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, but Brett he's hilarious, too. Yeah, Brett Anderson's comments on yeah, let's, uh, let's the Oakland, on whether or not the Oakland A's. Because he's a brewer part. right now, right? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. newly uh, newly signed brewer. Um, newly minted brewer. Yeah, the new the new Anderson in the starting rotation. But by, by the way, somebody, I, I saw a funny joke. I'm not going to derail you any further. But why isn't one of the minor league teams for the Brewers called the Micro Brews? That's that's pretty. That's solid. pretty good. That's pretty solid. Yeah, I think that just opens a conversation on why they're now changing the name of the stadium from Miller Park, which is yeah perfect. Um, but yeah, Brett Anderson's comments on whether or not the Oakland A's were taking part in any sort of sign stealing or cheating was really funny. I think it's a quote from a Rosenthal article on the Athletic, so definitely check that out. Um, looking forward to getting some more quotes from him. This season, but my main beef from this week was uh, Mark Ananasio, the principal owner of the Milwaukee Brewers, confirming to uh, fans that the Milwaukee Brewers, a professional sports team in the United States of America in Major League Baseball, who made the playoffs last year, operated at a loss somehow. No way. Um, They apparently lost money last season. Uh, which is hopefully, and what I think is just a fancy accounting uh, finagle. I have no idea how you could possibly operate a professional sports franchise um, at a loss, especially when you have a team that participated in the playoffs, albeit only played one game, but it was still a playoff game. Um, Those tickets didn't stay the same price for that one game. Yeah, it was... uh, I'm... I can't fathom how poor of a businessman you have to be to operate a team and lose money. Um, so we're just going to ignore that portion of it. Um, I, I think maybe they lost money on paper, but that there's no, there's no way I'm, we're going to accept that Mark Ananasio didn't make money off the Milwaukee Brewers last season. If you're losing money in professional sports, you're an idiot. The figures I've seen, I don't know. I have no way of, backing this up but the figures i've seen strictly from revenue sharing is in excess of a hundred million dollars a season in terms of uh profit yeah just yeah because i I think i saw 200 and some million in revenue it's so so subtract payroll yeah we don't need to get too deep into the weeds it's more it's pretty ridiculous if a team it doesn't matter big market small market it does not matter you are a professional sports team in america 
in 2019. There's no way you lost money. So moving on from that. Well, one thing, you're, uh, you're probably too young to ever have ever heard this, but Norm Green is the reason why the Minnesota North Stars left. Sure. And it, the, the tagline, the famous tagline was, only an idiot could lose money on hockey in Minnesota. Yeah. And I think that and like, pertains to and I, it's ob- I think it's a touchy subject with a lot of Twins fans in particular sure. over the last decade or so. Um, people, they think they should be spending more money and maybe they're not, the ownership isn't willing to do so, whatever. But I don't think even Twins ownership went as far as saying, hey, guys, we lost money last year. It's just an absolutely ridiculous thing. It's a ridiculous narrative to try to push. And I think it's a narrative that they're pushing simply to lean into the woe is me, we're a small market, we, we can't afford to play with L.A. and New York, we're never going to be able to. I think they're leaning into this whole nonsense that's going on with Boston, who's getting rid of a future Hall of Famer for absolutely no reason because they don't know how to they don't know how to manage their own yeah, finances they're trying to get there. out of repeater tax yeah. it's absolutely they ridiculous. claim they're not though they claim they're not it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous okay. that the boston okay, red boomer. Sox okay, would, yeah. yeah wouldn't be able to afford that so i think it's simply the milwaukee brewers and ownership of the milwaukee brewers leaning into this narrative that they're pushing on fans that oh we're in milwaukee we're, we just we can't afford to do it we just we can't make it happen Ananasio is a billionaire. Do you have any idea how much a billion dollars is? A billion dollars. It's un- it's a thousand million, it's right? It's an unfathomable, it's a crazy amount of money. So pushing this idea that he can we can't afford to spend money on this team. And the issue is this team was in the playoffs last year. They have arguably the best player, one of the best players in the league. And for sure, the best player in the National League. The window's open. The window is open, and on a on a reasonable deal, <laughs> on too. a very un, an unbelievably reasonable deal. The window's open, dude. Jump through it. I have no idea. So here we are, two years ago, one game away from the World Series. One game away. Game seven, NLCS. Last year, playoffs. Window's open, bro. Jump through it. And so it's just I hate this and. Another thing that plays into this is the NFL is pushing a new CBA this week. And if if you go on Twitter and you JJ Watt had opinions on it, JJ Watt tweeted that I it's a hard pass on the CBA. If you look at the responses to that tweet, it's people. You're stupid. You're stupid. You're never you're always injured. You never play anyways. Why just sign the deal? You should be lucky. You make 30 million dollars in 17 weeks. Uh, That must be nice. I have no idea why poor poor people if you're worth less i i don't this doesn't need to get economical but if you're worth if your net worth is less than fifty thousand dollars you could have a heart attack tomorrow and be broke like it's so easy to just be worth absolutely nothing i have no idea why we're so like positioned to root for billionaires instead of millionaires i have no idea why we're buying into these narratives that team owners, baseball, football, whatever, just should get anything they want. I think it's because it's always been that way. It's and that's ridiculous. That's absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. So I I'm not buying this narrative that the Brewers lost money. I don't care if they count the renovations of their AAA or their spring training facilities in it. Doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You didn't lose money last year. 
If, and if you did, if you did lose money last year, show us, open the books, show us that, Hey, we actually are struggling because if you are sell the team, if you can't operate a team and make money, just sell it. I'm not, I'm not as a Brewers fan going to sit here and watch a generational type talent when the window was open, go to waste. And then another 15 years, they already haven't been to a world series since 1982. Robin Yount 14, 13 years before I was even on this planet. So it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. True true or false. Christian Yelich at this exact second, his, his value right now is the highest that any brewer has ever had at any moment in time in terms of how good they are. Absolutely. Like he's better than Ryan Braun ever has been. Absolutely. Paul Molitor, a hall of famer, Robin Yount. I mean, they're in the conversation. Yeah. No, I think Yelich is is right there. He is the best brewer of all time for sure. Anything else you're burning on or should we go get some water and put you out? So I, and I think going into the Yelich thing, I I texted you guys two weeks ago that people like brewers blogs and stuff are already like, what could we get for Christian Yelich? Like what is the yeah. trade value of Christian Yelich? He's under it's a con- lot less than he's, Christian Yelich. That's he's it. under contract for three more seasons. And because we're this small market narrative is so ingrained in our mind. We're constantly thinking of like, Oh, this person's going to break our hearts. So we have to trade him. And we're already three more years of Christian Yelich theoretically could win three more MVP trophies. He's shown nothing to say he couldn't do that. And we're all, and we're already trying to proposition the a King's ransom for this guy, instead of trying to build a team around him and bring home a worthless piece of metal as the commissioner of the league says it is. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baseball, baseball has got a lot going on. We talk about long off season, should point out the stuff on the site. I got something on Lamar Jackson, why he's such a, uh, or sorry, Lamont Wade, why he's such a Lamar Jackson fan. Uh, kind of the stuff we were talking about with the coaching philosophy and their laid back attitude. And then you had um, 97 wins while well, the won 97 wins or win 97 games this year. Uh, and you broke down the position battles uh, in spring training. Also, Trevor Plouffe. Really, yeah. Really great interview last week. If it's not on your Apple podcast, check it out. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Libsyn, Spotify. Is where or go I get on the mine. site. You can play yeah. it direct from there. Yeah. Check out the site. Check out a lot of twin stuff, not only from Fort Myers, but from St. Michael, Minnesota. I guess I just revealed where I live. <laughs> cool, cool, How about cool, that? Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> the far outer reaches of the metro. Maybe next week, Bailey will come and tell us where he lives, too. But anyway. <laughs> Escape from Kharkov. <laughs> We've got... <laughs> I think that's a good place to end. Next week, we're going to try to get a guest. I'm talking to a few different people. I know Darren Mastriani has talked about coming back yeah, on the show. Back on. We'll try to get Ploof on again soon because I left about a half page worth of notes about minor league pay and his minor league situation and, you know, what a first-round pick has financially for the time they're in the minors is way different than a fifth-round pick, a tenth-round pick, an international signing. So hopefully we'll get him on again to talk real soon. But, again, check that out on the site, zonecoverage.com. For Justin Bailey, for Tom Schreier, this is Brandon Warren saying thank you so much for checking out Midwest Swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. Rock over London. Rock on, Chicago. 